your death holler brought us season three slash or pass it became the classic horror film podcast of its time now death holler brings us the most shocking season ever season four dead or dead yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Imagine, if you will, that one of the hosts is absolutely terrified of zombies. So, what's the plan? Bash him in the head. That seems to work out. Now, accept the fact there is no escaping this horror. Death Holler brings back the dead. Death Holler. Listener discretion is advised. With a hospitality like this, you'll never want to leave. We hope you stay alive. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. sounded like the past few days host reverend dr death and joining me as always is my co-host la urena and noah's joining us for this episode uh we actually uh before we get to the movie that we're discussing we actually have an attack of the bees as part of the episode right now yes let's attack some bees what is that what is that what is it oh no not the bees not the bees that's right this episode attack of the bees is not of the animated dead from 2021 god damn it i didn't watch it tagline the fear the terror the panic will eat you alive that's pretty good Uh, directed by jason axon written by george a romero and john a russo it's basically not a living dead just done in a an animated movie uh music by nima akrara i guess is how you say that mm, uh, yeah principal players we got Catherine isabel playing barbara uh she's still useless and comatose throughout the movie so don't <laughs> get get it twisted is this based off the first one or the remake the first one. Oh, okay uh, uh she was in american mary the ginger snaps trilogy which is really good hell yeah uh, freddie versus jason uh, yeah, I love those movies. Uh, Insomnia, It's a Wonderful Knife, Boo. Uh, <laughs> she couldn't save that movie. Yeah. And uh, she was actually in two episodes of Supernatural. I didn't realize that until I was doing the notes. So wow. I have to go back and try to find her in those. You ever see uh, the 
I don't know if you ever saw the series that they, they did like three different movies and it's all like um comic book animation but in and that's kind of more um uh, live it's the Rot City series. Rot City. I don't think I've ever seen them. Oh dude, you would love those. So like they're little it's all done done this comic book style but it's not still motion. It's like active comic book is what it is. So it's it plays like a regular movie. But it's it's a hell of a good series. It's one of my favorite little kind of cartoon. And it's over the top, dude. It's an over the top like zombie thing. They kind of did that with this one, and it, it kind of matches what you're saying. But I'll get into it. it. It's there's a lot of criticism about this, and it's warranted in my opinion. Uh, uh, Dulé Hill plays Ben, uh, still our flawed hero. Uh, Josh Duhamel plays Harry Cooper who's still the coward and asshole. I mean, they're basically the same characters they were in the original movies or movie. Uh, he was in Transformers and did a bunch of TV shows. Uh, Nancy Travis plays Helen Cooper, who still resents her husband with everything in her fiber. Jesus. Uh, uh, she was in Saw Married an Axe Murderer. Uh, she, I'm pretty sure she was the crazy lady in that. That was the axe yes, murderer. she was. <laughs> uh the vanishing three men and a little baby uh still remember the 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 rumor about that movie that went around oh, about how there the was ghost. a ghost in the window yeah are you serious <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty i mean it's 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 ted danson's cutout that they left in the scene yeah in between cuts, <laughs> i was about but. to say it's been debunked but it was it's pretty good Scared the shit out of me as a kid after somebody said it and I saw it there. But um, it's funny now because if you think about that now, if you were to make that movie nowadays, you'd have a totally different outlook on the movie. You'd be like, yeah, <laughs> goddamn Hollywood people, I know what they're up to. Uh, it wouldn't be three men, even if it was three men. <laughs> yeah. catch my grip. It'd be three men and a gaby. Yeah. <laughs> No, it'd be three men doing inappropriate things. <laughs> well, it might be that, but I'm thinking that it'd be three trans women, if yes. you understand oh. what I'm saying. Yes, I'm surprised no one's trying to sell that horse shit. <laughs> Just give them time. <laughs> They're working on it. Uh, James Rodé Rodriguez plays Tom, who's uh, still the all-American kid, just ready to you know set that gas pump on fire and blow himself up. Just a good old boy. Uh, yeah, uh, in fact, he was in the Dukes of Hazard movie, so there you go. He was just a good old boy. Hell yeah. Also in the movie Gravy, uh, Katie Sackhoff, that's Damn. a big name, Yeah, uh, played uh, Judy in this one. Uh, she still gets Tom and herself killed by, go, loser. you know, being indecisive and then, you know, causing much problems. They, I think they changed it up in this one that Judy uh, actually helped, her, like, her uncle or something drive trucks, so, like, uh, they that kind of like lended more like you know why did she have to be the one to drive well she's got experience or something but okay. whatever uh of course katie sackoff was in halloween resurrection <laughs> the worst movie in that series and that's saying a lot um <laughs> oculus uh which was really good uh the mandalorian she's in primarily featured in the worst season of that show i hate to say it for her she is good in Longmire, though, if you've ever seen that or haven't. I highly recommend Longmire. It's a good series. Yeah, Raina doesn't uh, like countries, so I don't think she would go for that movie. I don't like countries? Well, you don't like like anything Anything's kind of Western. Oh, yeah, I'm not a big Western. It, it, it's got a Western vibe, but it's also got like a, a murder uh, mystery type thing, like investigation type stuff going on. It's a combination of the two. Okay. 
she was in White Noise 2, The Light, and then, of course, Battlestar Galactica is where she primarily is known for. Uh, Will Sasso plays Sheriff McClellan, my favorite character yes. still. Uh, and he's still burning and killing, you know, that's, <laughs> that's what he does. I didn't realize this, but the sheriff in the first movie was actually played by the local sheriff. Oh, that's like awesome. the real local sheriff. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. You know, he was hella thrilled to do that. <laughs> he had to be Probably just, did it for free. Yeah, I mean, well, everybody was, you know, pretty happy to, you know, like they had people... If I remember right, they it's either this movie or the the or its original movie or the remake uh, had people all the way from Kentucky that wanted to be like extras in it. I'm pretty sure it was the remake, but Hell you know yeah. they 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 had enough. You know, people wanting to be in it. Uh, Will is from Mad TV. Did a bunch of impressions on that. Um, Happy Gilmore, the Three Stooges movie, uh, Eli Roth's Haunted House, Trick or Treat, Trick oh, yeah. VR Treat. And then Super Troopers too. He plays a Canadian uh, Mountie or whatever, and pretty funny in that. And then Jimmy Simpson plays John, uh, Barbara's shithead brother, and he was in Studio Six Six Six, Gravy, and then Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yeah. So synopsis is: it's an animated remake of the nineteen sixty eight Night of the Living Dead with more gore. Oh, That's okay. Literally it. Uh, yeah, well, animated. I guess you didn't say that. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it's animated, but not well. And okay. that's one of the, that's the first big criticism of the movie. It's like, I know I was talking about with that other series, Rock City. It, it, it's, it looks like a comic book brought to life, but like, if you imagine they left some frames out to make the animation not seem as like fluid. So that's yeah. the kind of animation style you're getting. You almost, it looks like a WB cartoon, like almost like, almost like it was trying to be Batman, but not as good. That's what makes that city of rot uh, good, because they they didn't they it, the selling point wasn't that it's an amazing. It's more of this comic book type look to it. Well, this is I mean I don't know it, it's not drawn well enough for me to actually give it any credit for the animation style. Yeah, it looks, it looks it, pretty it, bad. Oh God! It, look, it looks like if you took the original series, traced over it, and did it in the style of Archer, but not like Archer now. Archer when it I first started, Archer like that kind of like you know style of movie and that that's kind of what they did with it i'm looking at a scene right now where it looks like barbara looks like the the teacher from the magic school bus almost like (laughs) it's drawn like that uh they changed some things in the movie uh or or this version of it uh they uh, they added more gore to it because they could and and that's both a, a blessing and a curse because when we talked about the first movie there's never a scene shown of like that that the person who was eight upstairs that should have been a zombie by all rights. Yeah. Because they, you know, they didn't have any brain damage. They they do a pan around scene in this one where they show that the person, you know, blew their brains out before they were eaten. So uh, well, it explains it, you know, why they're, you know, why they're a zombie. I, I like that aspect of that that yeah. scene. There's a scene later on in the the movie though, which is to- it, it's so bad it's laughable. It's right whenever Tom and Judy set the truck on fire and they pull away from Ben. And this one, instead of the thing, uh, her just like trying to get her coat unstuck and then blowing up, and that's it. 
the glass or something on the truck breaks, shoot through, shoots through the windshield, takes all of uh, Tom or you know his head off, takes most of her neck out. They sit there for like way too long on the scene to the point where it, it's almost like, am I supposed to be laughing at this? Yeah. And then the truck blows up. It's like it's so like poorly edited that it just it. I mean, and it's so out there and unnecessary that it ruins it. Um. The only thing that I think this movie done well, and it wasn't necessary at all for the story, was when Ben is telling the story at the beginning of the movie of how he got the truck and how he was like, you know, he saw a bunch of zombie or ghouls uh, attacking like this gas truck or whatever across the way and like how it blew up and, you know, nobody responded to it at the diner. It shows all of that. It actually animates all of it. And it's actually a really good scene, but it, a, it's not necessary for the story. You just hear men tell the stories enough. But I mean, but that's really the only thing this thing adds, period. Like, that's all I would recommend it for. Yeah. Because animation, I mean, you're basically watching the original movie, so you might as well watch the original, original movie. Original movie, yeah. The animation is so bad. The only thing that now they made this look very enticing. So the cover of it, uh, the poster, if you will, um, looks amazing. Yeah, the poster looks great. Yeah, but then you, you, start looking at the animation and you're like, what the, what, what, what is this? It looks like, you know how that channel, there's that channel on Pluto. Um, Reverend, I'm, I mentioned it before, but there is a, you know, Pluto is free TV on most Vizios. And there's a channel called uh, Saturday morning cartoons or after school cartoons. And they have a lot of scary quotation marks, scary type cartoons. They had uh, tales from the crypt, uh, a couple other similar quotation mark, again, scary, it, that's what this looks like it belongs. Yeah. Like it's, it's not scary it's not, enough to be taken seriously, but it's scary enough that kids that are wanting to get into introductory horror could watch this. That, that might be the angle you go with it. But, yeah. the, but the thing is, is that the gore in it is so out there that yeah. I don't know you'd want to show it to kids. Eh. I mean, it, it that's it, true. It's got, I mean, it's got a low rating for a reason. It, 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 it doesn't know who its audience is. Uh, they, I mean, they got some good voice actors, but the thing about that is too, and that's where the animation hurts it as well. You've got some good voice actors who are actually doing their job yeah. trying to convey the character. Their the on screen drawings don't convey what their how their voices are doing. So, <sighs> like whenever Barbara's supposed to be like you know like freaking out. The drawing on the the that cartoon character of her is just like blank faced and just like kind of staring out. There's and it doesn't match the intensity that Catherine Isabel's putting into the voice. That so, sucks. They really do have a great cast. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to watch it because I was like, it's got a good cast. I like the movie. Let's see what they can do with it. And then whenever I saw, I was like, oh god, this is the route we're going with this. Okay. Oh my god. Um, so. My Nick Cage rating for this is The Crudes. Uh, they're both animated films. They're both styles of animation are not my thing. <laughs> uh, the voice acting is competently done in both, but like, I, it's not something I, I would want to rewatch or recommend. That's so funny. That I do like The Crudes. <laughs> I just really? don't like the animation style. Yeah. Of the the, the, the story is supposed to be pretty decent in The Crudes. Yeah. But, well, the story in this is pretty good, but it's just animation. Anyways, okay, Night of Living Dead, 1990. Tagline, there is a fate worse than death. That's horrible. I mean, it's a good tagline. I, I Let me rephrase. It's really good, but that's <laughs> freaky. 
Uh, directed by Tom Savini. Uh, written by John A. Russo and George A. Romero. What? Uh, yeah, it's uh, actually George gave uh, you know any changes yeah. any changes in this versus the original George approved. So yes. it's it's full on. And I mean, he's also got a screenplay credit for this, so he did come back and Are you, you know serious? Add some stuff. He, he approved all the changes for the movie that they made because there were some yes. changes that sucked, and there were some changes that were really good. He and primarily the Barbara change. He was he wanted that change because that he didn't he didn't want anything done with Ben because the, we talked about this on the last episode about this that whole stuff with Ben and the civil rights movement that was not intended. It was totally he they they took a white character and just and because the black actor was the best one of the bunch and could play the part the best they put him in the role and everybody read in all that bullshit and Romero was like I don't care about that that's not that wasn't the point of this but whenever he watched the movie back he did see he did see because he originally had Barbara in the original script as being. Uh, like she went catatonic for a bit, but then she actually had some, you know, she came out of it, but then he changed it in the movie uh, right before they, you know, started filming it. So whenever he went back and watched it, he's like, I don't like that change. So I won't, and he felt bad for years, according to what he said. And so uh, he wanted that change in this movie. See, the thing too, is in that remake, Ben was more of a badass. <laughs> He he was. I yeah. mean, they did. They didn't really. Uh, the thing was, though, in the remake that a lot of people hate is that he's dead whenever they come out and they shoot him. Yeah. So it loses that context of the black man getting shot by the white mob or whatever. Um, but he's more of a I badass actually, in the second movie. I thought. I mean, yeah, they upped it up, but he's. I would say that it's comparable if you think of the times. Well, I liked his character better in the second one. Like he was like the guy that wasn't fucking around he was there to like hey the shit's wild we gotta get a hold of it it's a different time it's the 1990s versus the 19 i know yeah. his character the fact that, well the fact that the fact that a black man was slapping a, a white, white man woman yeah. and a white woman in that first movie is it was we, we talked about this last episode and i don't know if she told you this he actually right after he got done filming the scene where in the original movie where he killed some of the zombies with a tire iron he was actually he was out in Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania countryside, with some friends, and some white guys came up on him with a. According to his story, came up on him with a tire iron and was going to beat his black ass, is the way he yeah. described it. I I could see that, but for the for that time era, I yeah. Think so that's he more he legit he, he was able to be a badass, but probably only to a certain degree. <laughs> technically, I well, mean they were all, they were pulling some they were they were doing some wild shit in that food mill. It's also uh, the fact that, and we talked about this last episode, uh, the actor who played Ben in the first movie was more of like an intellectual, like quiet guy that read all the, a lot and all that stuff, very well spoken. They changed Ben slightly to because he was going to be just a truck driver, like a crude truck driver in the original script, but they changed the part to fit him. So I feel like in this one, they kind of went back a little bit and because they, they knew that Tony Todd could do a, you know more of the action-y, like, you know, uh, type stuff. They went that route with him in this one. Real quick before we move forward, didn't you want to know what Noah had thought of Barbara's character in the first film? Uh, well, what I wanted to discuss with him, uh, and we can bring it up now, is the there's that there's that thought out there that the characters in the original Not Living Dead each represent like reactions that people have to emergencies, and that Barbara 
going comatose is a perfectly acceptable character because there's a lot of people just freeze up and don't do shit whenever, you know, the shit hits the fan. 100%. I thought her character was character was more legit than people realize. People that's how people react when shit's wild like that. They just lock up. Yeah, I mean, it's I, the fact that I mean and and the other two characters uh, you know, the they're I, I I appreciate the way that they portrayed Harry and Ben off of each other because there's the, I mean, they're both leaders in their own right. Uh, one's more of a toxic leader, hence Harry, but uh, but they've got different ideas on things. Harry is the turtle type, you know. It's like let's let this shit blow over. Let's not be hasty. And Ben's more the man of action. It's like we've got to do something. We got to kick the, you know, we got to put these boards up. We got to kick their ass if they try to get in. And uh, that's reactions people have, too. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, even if they are more action-oriented. I'm still glad she got slapped. <laughs> Sometimes, like, hey, Sean Connery called it. Sometimes you got to slap him a little bit. Not a lot. Just you look, <laughs> get your shit together. Um, music this one was Paul McCullough. Uh, made for a budget of $4.2 million. It only made 5.8. And For what I reason? I want to say that people were sick of zombies at this time. What? Uh, you got to remember. Well, you got to remember this was made in 1990. Okay. All through the eighties, we had zombie movies. That's true. I okay. Mean, and, and it took the death of zombie movies or pretty much the death of zombie movies through most of the nineties before people were like, Hey, let's have some more zombie movies. And they're like, Oh, you want zombie movies? We're going to make your life miserable. Zombie movies through the two thousands. And yeah. they did. Okay. <laughs> you know what's super disappointing is the, the Rob Zombie remake of it. That fucking blow, dude. It was so bad. Uh, did you ever watch that one? It's Night of the Living Dead 3D. Oh, no. I n- I've never watched that movie. No. Yeah. It's Benny, Benny said it sucked. It's Actually, I take so that back. Bad. I think Benny liked it. Nona wanted nothing to do with that. Yeah, that movie was uh, totally. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the one that's got Sid Haig is like the the caretaker of the like cemetery or Correct. something in it. I think. That's, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, that was only done because John A. Russo wanted more money, and it feels uh, like it. And I think at the time that that was made, um, Romero had passed or was like to the point where he couldn't argue with it, and so that's the reason he did. It's it's a shit. It was a shitty move by Russo, honestly. Yeah, but okay, so we're uh, at the tail end of zombies, at least for the 90s here. Yeah, the start of the 90s were not a good time for zombie movies because the 80s had so many good ones, and people had like, well, hell, they even had like a music video that's the most famous music oh, yeah. video in history that has zombies in it, for God's sake, and they were good zombies too. Yeah, okay. Uh, very good special effects. <clears throat> so principal players, we got Patricia Tallman playing Barbara. She goes from the frightened mouse to kick ass, uh, just uh, she warrior in this movie. Uh, there's some debate. I mean, I could see people making the argument that maybe her turn is too quick in this movie, and she provides like a middle of the road between the two of them. Like they're all wanting to hole up. She's like, they're slow. Let's get the fuck out of here, you know? Yeah. Which is the smartest of the bunch. Yeah. And, that, you know. that, I thought that was a pretty good change when she they made her character kind of float that out there. Uh, she's been in Star Trek, various different characters in that series, uh, Babylon 5, uh, Jurassic Park. She did stunts in that movie, actually. 
and uh, she was the boomstick witch in Army of Darkness, the one that's like float or that's like lands on the ground and he's like quick get a yeah. get an axe or we whatever. Check on her. No, give me an axe. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and then she was in a movie called Dead Air with uh, another person in this movie, uh, another zombie movie too. Uh, we might throw in here as a review before it's over with. That's a hell good <clears throat> zombie. Yeah, because uh, Dead Air. If I remember. No, that's dead set. I'm thinking, okay, now I remember Dead Air. Yeah, Dead Air is, I think, I mean, I've not watched it and I want to. It's uh, it's a movie about a, a radio, like, DJ, and he's, like, covering, like, st- as the shit goes down, and then the zombie horde comes to them, basically, I think, is, is, yeah. is the gist of it. Uh, Tony Todd plays Ben, who's the traditional hero of the story, a little bit more kick-ass in this version. Never heard of him. Uh, Nope. Uh, he's been in The Rock, The Crow, Candyman. He is Candyman. Yeah, he is Candyman. Uh, my husband's over here believing what I just said. Uh, I say that to every character that has... Oh, fuck. That's Candyman. <laughs> uh, and, and I say that he is Candyman. This this one that came out a few years ago. Yeah. That, that ain't There's Candyman, no comparison, but. yeah. Uh, he was in the Hatchet films. He played like a, a kind of like a... Uh, uh, hoodoo's uh, hoodoo practitioner in, in Louisiana or whatever. Have uh, Raina, did you watch the, the Hatchet films? No. Oh my! There's a scene where they 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 think everything's honky dory and shit goes sideways, like at the top of this hill. It's such a classic scene. It's hella good. I'm sure. Are the, we? Is the Hatchet series? Is that what we're reviewing the second time we the second round of? Um, yes. Okay. Yes. Hatchet Slasher series. Season. Yeah. Slasher oh, Caesar. I 2. love 0. the Hatchet fucking series, dude. They're actually pretty good. I, I I watched the first one years back. Didn't give it enough credit. Watched it again. I'm like, okay, I appreciate these movies now. I oh, think growing yeah. on me. Uh, he's also on Hellfest, which I don't. That's a slasher movie that's set during Halloween. I kind of like it. I, it gets shit for what it is, but I kind of like it. Uh, just imagine a movie set during Halloween Horror Nights at Universal, but there's actually a real killer walking around oh. uh, while people are doing the little house stuff that they're doing. That's fucked up. Uh, he was in Night of Living Dead, uh, Darkest Dawn, the animated film, another one that they did. This time it takes the original survivors and puts them in New York in a, in a high-rise for some reason. Don't know why, but, you know. Was uh, the animation uh, okay? Dude, that sounds so familiar. I don't know if I've seen that, but I think I might have. I feel like the animation is like about on par with the the other one that we just reviewed. Okay. Uh, he was in the Final Destination films, Wishmaster, and in Devil's Rejects. Um, so he's been in a lot of shit. Oh yeah. Tom Towles plays Harry Cooper, who's a cowardly prick. Uh, I feel like the guy does a pretty good job as Harry in this movie. He he really makes you hate yes. him in this movie. Uh, he was also in House of a Thousand Corpses. He played the sheriff in that. Uh, that. Devil's Rejects, uh, Werewolf Women of the SS. <laughs> oh, dude, that is... That, it, I curse where they remade that movie, too. They haven't. It's the only movie of all those uh, Grindhouse, like, you know, uh, fake trailers that has not become an actual movie yet. And I'm I not going to lie. Does. The poster for that movie is legit. Yeah, it's it's pretty damn good. Uh, he was in Halloween 2007, the Rob Zombie remake, uh, The Prophecy 2, uh, and then Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. I watched the, uh, I went back and watched Prophecy 1, 2, and 3 just the other day because I got like a, a big 
fancy set of them, man. I actually like the first three Prophecy movies. They're all pretty decent. Yeah, it no, maybe I'm thinking The Omen is the the later ones where Sam Neill plays the, the character. Yeah, you're thinking of The Omen. The yeah. Prophecy is Christopher Walken. He yes. plays Gabriel, the archangel. Yes, okay. Um, yeah, those are good movies, too. Part three is kind of weird, though. They make him, he becomes human. He gets cursed to be a human by God or whoever, and uh, he totally changes his character in the movie. He's actually the good guy in it. It's kind of weird. Uh, McKee Anderson plays Helen Cooper. She's the downtrodden wife slash mother. Uh, William Butler plays Tom. He's just a good old boy engaged to Judy. Uh, William Butler's been in some legit horror stuff. He was in Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Wow. Uh, he was in Friday the 13th, Part 7. He was the birthday boy in that movie that gets killed before he ever gets to the birthday party. Oh. Um, and he's a director, producer, and writer now of his own independent horror movies, in particular, the Baby Oopsie series. That's that's him. William Butler does those. Baby Oopsie series. You've talked about I it have, before, Reverend, but I don't. I don't I don't know anything about them. They look awful, I'm just <laughs> saying. But they've got their fans. It's like this demonic baby that shits and vomits and Ugh. does all that. So there you go. <laughs> Uh, Katie Finneran plays Judy Rose, the country girl caught in a bad place. Uh, she was in Secret Invasion in the movie Freaky. Uh, Heather Mazur plays Sarah Cooper, the little girl bitten by, zo- by a zombie. She's in Tacoma FD with the guys from uh, Super Troopers. Oh, my God. And uh, General Hospital. And then Bill Mosley, who's also in Dead Air, uh, plays Johnny, Barbara's sadistic brother. He's also Chop Top. So, oh yeah oh my god that dog will hunt <laughs> house of a thousand corpses devil's rejects three from hell uh tcm2 dead air repo the genetic opera uh natty Knox that i mentioned of you know oh a yeah podcast ago and then prisoners of ghostland he's been a ton of shit uh bill mosley is good i'd he's like good. to try to get Raina to watch uh, the genetic opera but i don't think she'd do it Anything that has singing that kind of starts <laughs> happening, she's like, oh, my God, this is so stupid. There is one song in that, though, when they're talking about that little glass vial that's, like, so catchy that, like, it made it on the TikTok. So <laughs> uh, Pat Reese plays the mourner uh, at the beginning of it. He's the old man. I, I love that line. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. And then Bill Cardell comes back and plays a TV interviewer again. He was also the TV interviewer in the first one. And uh, Russell Striner plays Sheriff McClellan in this version of the movie. Uh, synopsis, as in the original, John and, Johnny and Barbara are driving out in the middle of nowhere to place flowers upon a grave. This time it's for their recently deceased mother instead of for their father doing it for their mother. Um, during their time in the graveyard, Johnny taunts Barbara about her fears of the dead rising from the grave, and they find themselves caught in the beginning of the zombie apocalypse. Skip forward to the farmhouse, and the group of disparate strangers bicker and fight over how to best manage the crisis that is upon them, ultimately failing to achieve anything and dooming <laughs> themselves. This time, however, Barbara grows backbone and becomes a Ripley-esque level badass. Uh, Uncle Reg could stand to lose a few pounds. Ben and Harry throw hands for a few rounds, and Barbara stops being a waste of space. And ever wrote out is just another dead end. Ugh. I hate zombie <laughs> movies. Uh, Johnny in the graveyard uh, for quotes, annoying her. They're horny, Barbara. They've been dead a long time. <laughs> <laughs> this is another situation of literally a zombie is coming for you. You see it and you do nothing. Now, to oh. be fair, in this version, 
it's the old man who is not a zombie. That's true. Right. Who 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 does the fake out scare, and then the that zombie that the hop, that jumps on her in this one, it scared the shit out of me as a kid. That that yeah. is a legit looking zombie. I don't understand the mourner though. <laughs> I thought he was like um one of those attendants, if you will. It was yeah I, the. In my head, the way that the movie okay. plays out, he he was the guy because they've got they show the hearse there. So the the zombie that attacks them, uh, well, it might he actually has dust on. No, the zombie that attacks her later, that's walking toward her, and then the clothes come yeah. off. She thinks it's the regular dude. I think that's the guy they were getting ready to bury. Yes, the 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 old man was the guy who was like the caretaker that was going yes. to you know. And and that's and he was the you know but he does this thing if you watch in the background whenever the zombie attacks that he flips around and then he kind of stares at her like almost like he's become a zombie at that point. I think so too. I, yes, I saw that too. And what the fuck is he sorry for? <laughs> I don't know, but that's my next line. I'm sorry. Oh I'm so very sorry. <laughs> and, and I never... think he's sorry because he brought the dead to life. He thinks I don't know. May, yeah. Uh, Ben, you're losing it, girl. You're losing it. And then Barbara's like, you think so? And then uh, she shoots at the approaching zombie in the face. Is Whatever it I lost, dead yet? I, Is it dead yet? <laughs> I lost a long time ago, and I do not plan on losing anything else. You could talk to me about losing it when you stop screaming at each other like a bunch of two-year-olds. Uh, I love that scene, though, also that you're talking about where she's like, is is it dead? Is it dead yet? Oh, yeah. Because you know, they they're, they don't believe her that it, they're all like walking corpses. She's basically showing them you got to shoot them in the fucking head. <laughs> uh, she's shooting the Megadeth zombie. That's what me and my buddies always call, called it whenever it shows up. Because oh the way they yeah. frame it. The way they frame it, it's like there's nothing in the window, and all of a sudden this like Indian, yeah. like, you know, really skinny, and it's like Megadeth rules. That's what we always said when we watched it when <laughs> oh my, my buddies God. in high school. <laughs> uh, ben, you're the boss down there. I'm boss up here. Yeah, why not? I mean, that 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 is the case. Go be the king uh, of your castle. <clears throat> Uh, let's see, Ben, after having just pulled, uh, Harry forcefully out of the cellar, look, from now on, you leave that door open. We may want to get down there. We may need to get down there if things, uh, if those things break in. And then Harry's like, yeah, sure. You want the best of both worlds. You get caged up here. You want to be able to run downstairs. Well, that's not the way it's working, pal. You want to get in that cellar, you get in there now, or you can forget it. And then Ben's like, I'm not boxing myself in down there until there's absolutely no other choice. And then Harry's like, yeah, well, I'm not gambling with my daughter's life. Look, if you want to stay upstairs, go ahead, but don't count on me to help you. And then Ben's like, I'm not counting on you for shit, Cooper. And they're <laughs> uh, both the funny th- fighting over nothing. Yeah, well, the, but- funny thing, the funny thing about it is, is that Ben, where does he end up? Yeah, downstairs. he ends up downstairs. Where does Harry end up in Upstairs, the movie? yeah. Upstairs. <laughs> No, but he had the right approach. Why would you box yourself in? Like, that's a last resort. Wait. That That is, is true. Like, I wouldn't want to yeah. be boxed in. But at the same time, if that guy, I don't know, I guess it's it's a whole house and everyone's kind of got to be fair, you know? Harry, at the end of it, when he crawled up in the attic, was the smartest of all of them if you're going to hole up inside the that's house. True. Now, Barbara's the smartest. Just get the fuck out of there. That's true. You know? Why? But well, that, that was Harry the problem is to... everybody was so... <laughs> ramped up on emotion that no one was thinking logically. And that's kind of the point of the movie that, I mean, you get these strangers to get, well, even if it's your family members, you, you're going to have like this inner conflict. That's going to cause so much issues. That's and you're going to lose precious time to actually be able to do anything. 
Um, I, I don't agree that with Ben on trying to board up the windows. I mean, nothing they were doing to those windows was helping. Like, yeah. I mean, they were they were just breaking on in. It was a bad place to try to to defend themselves. Uh, Barbara, <clears throat> they're so slow. We could just walk right past them. We wouldn't even have to run. We could just walk right past them. We had the guns. If we're careful, we could get away. She's right. Yeah, yeah. Then that scene at the end of it, I love it. Uh, I, and I want to say that they say they said this was improvised. They're us, we're them, and they're us. You know, whenever she's looking at the the rednecks, like, you know, yeah. playing the fighting with the zombie, corralling it around and all that. Uh, Harry discovered Barbara as she returned to the house the next day uh, after he's cowered in the attic and left her for dead. You came back. And then she's and he's like, you came back. And then she looks at him and then just uh, blows, a, you know, a bullet through his head. And then she looks at the rednecks and there's that's another one for the fire. They straight up she's, knew he wasn't dead. Yeah, they looked at each other and they're like, that's a cold bitch. Like, you can see it in their face. Yeah. <laughs> she, they definitely gave, like, a nod, like, she's fucking, nah. <laughs> but I love that line. I mean, she's so cold in it, like, she doesn't even care at that point. Uh, visually, this movie is fucking fantastic. Tom Savini's, like, work on these zombies, like, this movie scared me to death for years. Like, seriously, it did. Yeah. I mean... I mean if the first one scared me, this one definitely scared me. There is not a zombie in uh, Uncle Reg, like just alone. We've not mentioned this. In the first movie, there is no Uncle Reg. You know that when they find that body upstairs, they just drag it out. There's yeah. no other zombie in the house. She's sitting there. This big fat ass zombie yeah. falls literally almost on top of her and then rolls around and like and it it when I first started watching this as a kid and I saw that zombie, I'm like, nope. And yep. I turned it right off. It's kind of like um <laughs> Oh my god! Um, which one am I thinking? Not is it Day of the Dawn of the Dead, the remake with that huge lady that oh, was yeah, in? They yeah, had the they brought woman. her in. Yeah, they brought her in with the wheelbarrow. It, it's effective. Well, she looked like a fucking zombie before she ever came one. That to me, that's yeah. I thought she was a little done too or done up too much before she turned, but Ooh. that's all other argument. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she yeah, was fast as fuck, boy, though, when she fucking got her zombie powers. <laughs> Uh, I, that zombie baby is not aged well, though. We'll get to it when we cover that movie, but it, it looks like CGI bullshit. It, it is. does. Um, but there is no zombie in this movie that, I mean, in the blood effects, I mean, it's Tom Savini. You're going to get your yeah. door. I mean, you're and like the scenes were like after, uh, uh, Tom and Judy, like, you know, are dead and like, they're like eating like the flesh. It's like way more like you can see more of it and it's just way gross, more gross. It's the sound it's effects, very well everything. Yeah. Look at, we have graduated past the white makeup, the white face makeup with the black raccoon eyes. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is, uh, unfortunately jumping ahead in this movie. We're jumping very, a lot of like stages in the zombie makeup department because, we have not covered Dawn, which is the blue gray oh, yeah. zombies that are hilarious to look at. It still looks better than the black and white makeup, though. It does. Uh, for my money, this movie and my favorite Romero movie, which is Day, have the best looking zombies in any of the series. So, Wait, is there more um, than one Day? Is there an original and a remake? 
There is multiple remakes okay. today, and they are all dog shit. And okay. I don't, and I don't know that I'll even watch them if you ask me to, because I, I hate what they've done with them. Basically. I've never seen. I don't think I've seen any of the Day of the Dads. Not not the original. Not any remakes. I don't know how you're gonna handle the original because it is grim. Like it is the the most grim movie he ever made, in my opinion. Ugh. You have not seen that. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I have. I'm not saying that I haven't. I I just don't think that I have. Day I of, know that I've seen Dawn of the Dead. You haven't seen Day of the Dead? It's the one where they're they're in this um, uh, military underground depot. No. Yeah. And they got to fly in with helicopters to kind of get resources. Is that where Choke on Them comes from? Yes. I have not seen it. Okay, are you seen the clip where the where the girls she's in the she's in like a brick room and all of a sudden all these hands come flying out of the wall. Uh uh-uh. uh Oh. I haven't seen it. <laughs> she, so she's she's going she's going to die when she watches this movie. Yeah, I love uh, this movie. It's one of my ugh. favorite ones. I'm all shaking now. I'm like, ugh. well, because the movie's so good because it doesn't matter if you're a lead actor in that movie because shit goes sideways for everybody. Yeah. And the and to me the creepiest thing about it is the music because where they filmed it in this underground bunker, a lot of the music is like this wind and then uh, like a moaning sound underneath oh, it, like no, the zombies no. carrying. Yeah. No, I can't. <laughs> I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. You've seen clips of it. You just I've don't seen clips it. of it. I, I definitely seen clips of it for I sure. Love that. Movie. Well, because Reverend had me put together the the um, disclaimer, and I had to pull a lot of sound clips, and some of them I pulled from was from YouTube. Where it showed it, and um, I don't, I don't like it. Oh, dude, that's such a good movie. I, I saw believe. a whole scene of some guy running down a hall, a zombie shooting this guy by yeah, pure. Yeah, that's Bub. Uh, yeah, Bub's so yeah. fucking good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, he's training uh, like a dog. Yeah, uh, Frankenstein was teaching him how to, uh, you know, be more human-like. <laughs> have to woosa when I watch that movie. <laughs> But yeah, it's between day and this. That that's probably the peak of like zombie effects. Now you could probably say The Walking Dead. You know, later on, Nick Terrell's done a pretty good job with it. But still, for the time, these were the two best like yeah. zombie effects. Ugh. You know what the problem with uh, The Walking Dead that it suffered the most was all the filler that they kept slapping in to the series, and it just kind of waters it down. Are you talking well, about the not the zombies? No, this filler. Um, when I mean filler, like filler episodes that oh are just yeah, oh yeah, wasted time, wasted time well, where there's barely anything. That and just like the comics, you get to a certain point where what characters are you supposed to root for? Because it's just like uh, you know George R. R. Martin's like Game of Thrones. It, you don't even feel like connecting with any of them because you know they're going to die like an episode later. You know, it's it's kind of pointless. Um, that's yeah. why I understand the whole idea of building up a ton of story with a lot of the characters. I, I, well, a that's, point, that's a good point because it's like you're trying to get connected to them and for, for what purpose. It's like Correct. we were with with Glenn for that long just to have, you know, what happened. So, But that was a good one because the Glenn, you get a, like even if you do read the comic, you get a ton of invested time with them for it to end like that. It's like that's different, though. You have all this time invested, and it's like, holy shit. Yeah, but they ripped my heart out with Glenn, and I and I stopped. I I have literally got the the last book that I've got of The Walking Dead is that book, and the last episode I ever watched the show was that episode, and I'm like, I can't do it. You've ripped my heart out both times. I, I can't do it. It doesn't get much better after that. Maybe, like, for... I would say a majority, maybe four to five more comics. It gets good. It stays good. And then it gets pretty fucking dark later on. But it, it that much after they Glenn. Start, they it, start doing a lot of weird stuff yeah. where they're like, Michonne's like a 
sea pirate or something. I don't know. It's some weird shit. I didn't on. get to the, Michonne the, doing the, that. The, the new series, like the Daryl one's not that good, but the Maggie and Glint, the Maggie and, um, and uh, Negan. Negan, that one's actually not too bad when they go into the city. I heard that was pretty good. Yeah, or, it was uh, shockingly like it good. It's wild that those two are together, but... <laughs> Well, not well, together, but the, a team. They're Batman's parents, you know. Yeah, so. that's that's a hundred percent good way of putting it. <laughs> uh, story in this movie. Anything you want to say about the visuals? I know I, I took up a lot of the time, but I, I it's it's fucking amazing for what it is. Yeah, for what movie. it is, the time and how simple the budget. I mean, it's Savini. You know, you can, I think you could give him any budget; he's going to make it happen. I mean, look at how good he made some of the scenes in the original Friday the 13th look. And, I mean, they had no budget yeah. whatsoever. Well, not I mean, that, but Savini did the special effects for the thing, too, right? He, well, he did, I mean, he was over it, but, like, I think he had, like, a crew that he had built up this time that he knew he could, like, you know, whatever he told them that they were going to do exactly what he said. So. Yeah, because he executed the thing hella good. I mean. <clears throat> yeah, so, um, and then visually, I mean, there wasn't. Uh, he, he did so much with so little, in my opinion. I think it just worked so well. Yeah, but Again, this is one of those but, things. But that's the number one thing that happens with all these movies. Yes. The budget gets stupid retarded tight, and they can't. They don't know if they can make it work, so they get creative. And what happens on the other end? Something amazing every well, what, single what's time. What's the deal with the budget? Because it was only $5 million. That's in That's back in the 90s. Um, what is that in comparison to what we were talking about for the original, the one in the 60s? Oh, they made it for a few hundred thousand, but then they made, like, millions off of it. Yeah. So. so, but, like, what was the deal with this? Were they only given a small budget, or was that a pretty decent budget for this time? Uh, that was a pretty small budget. Okay. Um, But I, I, I think they barely got the, the, you know, whoever it was that released it, and I can't remember now who the company is, but they barely got them to agree to it. And they're like, yeah, sure. That The first movie seemed to do pretty well. So, okay. you know, maybe we'll, we'll make them. And they didn't really make much on it. Yeah, I mean, obviously uh, they didn't I'm, make much on it. Well, but. I'm curious how they how they did like after sales, like as times went on, like because there's a cult following within that genre. I'm curious if they've had to make money long term on it. I, I think long term, probably on video sales, it's probably done great. Because I mean, but also like Russo's been like really stingy with the rights to some of these movies, and I don't think you can find this on like a decent Blu-ray right now in the U.S. Like you can find it overseas, but you can't find it. It's the same thing with Dawn, the original Dawn. Like he has the gave the rights to like the European countries to do whatever they want to with them, and they've made some really good versions. But like the U.S., there's not been a good version of that since the DVD came out in like the the early 2000s, <clears throat> and it's kind of shitty. It's like they, I mean, those movies came from over here. Like, why can't we have you know? Yeah, yeah, that is wild. It's not just readily available to buy. Yeah, it's. The, the version that is available to buy is also supposed to have, like, bad color timing on it, which basically what that means is is the movie looks bluish, like tint, uh, at least the one that's available in the U.S. Uh, so it, 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 it deserves, like, a brand-new version to come out in 4K, if preferably, I mean, to give it, you know, its due. But um, that's up to Russo whether he's going to, like, get off his ass and allow him to do it. Uh, the other thing I was going to say about the visuals is that there's a lot of like, you know, night scenes in this and he does a really good job of lighting those scenes up and making the action stand out in them. Yeah. You know, uh, story. It's the same story in the first movie. There's, tw there's changes, but they're very minimal. I mean, he kept the story pretty much the same. 
uh, the acting to me is way better than this one. You got better. Oh actors. yeah. You got better oh, qualified huge, actors huge, though. Huge, huge. Um, and then the music, the, the music has got like a very creepy vibe to it. Like, I mean it, when, especially at night, whenever like the zombies are outside and they're kind of like walking, you know, yeah. to the house, it's, it's got some really creepy music. It's not, I mean, Romero did the best he could with that stock music that we talked about, you know, in the, the previous episode. I think he did a great job. Is, yeah. But this is legit. Like this is some good, like creepy shit. Like, oh especially yeah. Whenever they, they go outside and. There was like a, a, a scene of like, a, it almost reminds me of Evil Dead. There's like a scene of like this uh, shed that's like off to one side of the house. It's like lit up and there's like zombies around it. And just the, the creepy, like, you know, slow music that's playing. Like whenever they're like walking around, it's, you know, kind of stands out in my mind. Well, and you got to remember, we just came out of the 80s. Nothing but amazing fucking <laughs> 80s pop horror music, you know? That's true. Uh the best soundtrack to a horror to a zombie movie ever will probably go to Return of the Living Dead. Yes. That movie is got <laughs> amazing music. Which is pretty much the only song that is part of our intro <laughs> or our disclaimer. Dude, you, you know what I remember the most as a kid was when the girl gets naked. I remember yes, when I was you guys kid. have talked about it multiple times. We get this it. This is amazing. This is the best movie I've ever saw. Yeah, Linnea Quigley is a is a vibe <laughs> in that movie. That's all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> It got to the point where we weren't even watching it for for the horror. We we're just like, "Did you did you see? She got hundred percent naked." Um, <laughs> uh, it's 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 so sad too. I mean, especially like later on when she becomes a zombie. Uh, there's not a whole lot other than her like whole head like almost like you know coming apart to swallow somebody's brains. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's like okay, still. Still, would I'm digging this, oh you know, God. until the. <laughs> and you guys never got tired of looking at naked bodies. No, she's like a stripper. She looked like a like stripper bill. Like as a young kid, you imagine if you went to a strip club, that'd be the type of girls you're seeing, and you get to watch a girl in a horror movie get completely buck naked down all the way down. Like as a young yep. kid, you're like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, you didn't even have to use a magazine, dude. You just make sure no one's in the house, and then you just kind of watch the movie by yourself. <laughs> I know my wife's giving me the evil eye. He right can now. see me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Um, well, I mean, bring it back to this movie. I mean, Barbara's not too bad looking in this one either. I mean, no. to be fair to her, I mean, she doesn't get naked though, unfortunately, <laughs> but. Yeah, she got the tight. Uh, she got the tight tank top though. Yeah, she gets that white tank top going on. She's got all that uh, business. Um, I, I mean, we'll we'll cover a little bit later on our final thoughts on it. But I, there's nothing bad to say about this. It's a good. This is a damn good remake. Like, I mean, 100%. you know, people people that like to say, you know, remakes always suck. No, there's several movies out there that prove that wrong. The thing, uh, this. Uh, I would argue the the Dawn of the Dead remake. I mean, wait, you didn't like the Thing movies. remake? The Thing no, is a remake. He's, he's talking about the prequel. Oh, okay, okay. No, yeah. no, the Thing that John Carpenter did is a remake. Yeah, that's okay. an amazing oh, okay. remake. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah the the original the original movie was uh from a nineteen fifties or something. Well, uh, no, but it was white. called Thing from mm-hmm. Another World. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've never seen that. Yeah, and basically they're using his blood because it 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 could supply nutrients, and they. And they they wanted to study the creature more. Okay. 
but yeah, there's there's several remakes out there that are fucking amazing, and this is one of them. I mean, it, it's a great, great remake. If I, somebody told me that they would only watch this and not the original, I would be, I mean, I would be sad, but I would understand, you know. I was traumatized with this film, and I don't know if I saw this one first or the original one. All I know is I was like five years old, and my mom didn't want to watch scary movies by herself, so... <laughs> She included her wow. five-year-old. Come sit down. Let's watch a nice family movie. Um, And I have been traumatized since. Now, my mom is also traumatized by these two specific films. Um, so it's something that is passed down like a family tradition. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's, yeah, it, it's these films, they're, they're good. I mean, I, I still like the original. This one definitely is better. Um, they... For me, they hold up for anyone that has a thing for zombies, meaning you're scared of them. Uh, they don't, they, they, I don't care how slow they are. I don't care how slow they are. I don't care if they're fast. They, they terrify me. Um, I, you've seen the original, even if you, I mean, if, if you've just watched other scary that's movies, that's true. Because yeah. It's, it's, it's always on the TV when somebody turns on the TV at that's night on true. Halloween. Yeah. Because they can, because the copyright <laughs> issue. That is so sad. It's, I mean, it's funny, but literally, it the George Romero's original Night of the Living Dead is basically the horror version of It's a Wonderful Life because if you watch any <laughs> Christmas movie, yeah, when they when they turn on TV, it's you know the the bell ring sing from you know uh, It's a Wonderful Life, and this is the equivalent of that just yeah. on Halloween. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, trivia on this, uh, Tom Savini originally wanted to start to film in black and white and then slowly add color to the movie. I would have liked that. I'm not going to pretend that that would have been an interesting choice. It yeah. wouldn't have took away from the movie. I don't think so. Uh, Bill Cardill appears as a reporter in both the 1968 version and the remake. Cool. Uh, his daughter is actually the one in day that, that Noah was talking about with the hands reach out of the wall and grabs her. She's no, actually thank you. the. <laughs> at around 39 minutes at hold one on, point in the on. film. She's the, she's the main antagonist, the girl? Yes, that's oh, daughter. Really? daughter. Yeah, yeah, she did an awesome job in that role. Yeah, they. she was friends with Romero, obviously, since she was a kid because her dad was friends with him. So that's fucking you know, lucky. she ended up getting the part. No shit, huh? <laughs> Talk about fucking knowing people. <laughs> yeah, dang, what's up with my friend? Can you, like, get my daughter in a movie? Dang. <laughs> Uh, at one point in the film, a female zombie can be seen walking through a field with a blouse or with a house in the background. This zombie hears the banging from the humans in the house, trying to board up the windows and is attracted to the noise. So she turns and begins staggering to the house. This woman actually owned the house in real life. And the producers wanted to use her and uh, use the house in the film and agreed to give her a small acting part. So she's the one that like, if you see her, she's like carrying something and she hears like something in the house and she's just like, does this quick comical take like, huh? Yeah. And like just you mean flips around. this house right here? Yeah, that house right there behind <laughs> you. I would not want to live in that house. That house is creeping me out just seeing it behind you, let alone. Yeah. I mean, because I, like I said, this movie scared the shit out of me as a kid. It really did. I mean. I wouldn't want to uh, live in that house. Bit. I'm not going to lie. I mean, well, <laughs> you know, you can't see everything from the movie. It keeps it pretty close to just the house and small areas near it. And then it makes everything around it look like th that nothing else exists. And maybe that's how it is. Maybe that's how it is for our girl Daphne, you know, but I, I wouldn't want to live in that house. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. Um, this is the only film in the George Romero Associated Living Dead series in which the date of the zombie uprising is mentioned over a radio near the end. 
August 23rd, 1989. However, in the unaffiliated The Return of the Living Dead, 1985, at the beginning of the movie, the caption reached July 3rd, 1984, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Oh, my God. It also reads Louisville, Kentucky, which is why I'm, I was traumatized by that movie. <laughs> um, You're like, that's where it starts. I seriously thought it was a real mo- a real thing. Like whenever I was I was that young of a kid when I saw Return of Living Hell Dead. Hell yeah. You also, know what though? Was that- this is like the effect, the Blair Witch effect that had on everyone. And people make fun of it today of, oh, those stupid people were like so convinced that that was real. Yeah. Yeah. We did think it was real. And it was good fun. Marketing. Yes. It was good, it was marketing. good marketing. And can you, that kind of fear, you can't pay for that kind of fear. Yeah, I had a, I was in art class with this guy and, and he, one of my friends, and he kept like telling me, he's like, dude, have you seen this shit that's leaked on the internet about this Blair Witch stuff? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And remember, the internet was new, so we believed yeah. shit on the internet. <laughs> <from those days. laughs> it's on the internet, so it must be true. That's so true. And like, he was showing me the videos and I, I mean, I was seriously creeped out. I'm like, and they, and this is a real thing that they're going to show in theaters. And he's like, yeah, man. And I went and watched it and the ending ruined it for me. Yeah. And it's. I, but the rest of the movie, it actually did its job. I'm not going to lie. And then the hype leading into it really did. They know? did an amazing job. And look at, like I said, you just like you read those words and saw where it was at. And you're like, oh, shit. I'm telling you, look at how we're in our 40s now. And we pay good money to get scared. Okay. <laughs> but we'll never be as scared as we were in those times. No, I, I watched this at just the right time. I mean, to, to be scared out of my fucking mind. I think I was 11 or 12. Yeah. And, and it, it, it got me. It got me good. There's not enough um, money in the world to pay for us to get that kind of fear. Or at least Return of Living Dead. I watched this after that or tried to and still couldn't do it. But Ugh. that's a whole other thing. Uh, the Mercedes driven by Johnny at the beginning of the film was owned by Tom Savini. According to the director, it was the first car he bought after meeting with success, and it broke his heart to wreck it during the filming. Ooh. Fuck. <laughs> did he get I it did fixed? I did not realize that. <clears throat> I, d- I mean, I know he was on a budget, and he was hoping probably that he could take, like, whatever major profits he got. Yeah, and just, but he you didn't. know, get it fixed. And then whatever it do that well. He was like, "Fuck, uh, <laughs> Jesus!" It, it, it might, it might have not did as well as he thought it did, but look at the long term he That's got true. out of it. He opened up uh, a giant market for himself. That is true. Uh, Columbia Pictures—they're the ones that distributed it. Uh, nearly distributed the original Night of the Living Dead in 1968. They had requested of uh, the original that the producers change the bleak ending to a more upbeat ending before they distributed it. When the filmmakers refused to make the requested changes, that's when Columbia decided to pass on the original. They oh. didn't do this one, though. Sucks to suck. <clears throat> uh, in an interview with uh, Fantastique uh, during the film's production, uh, director Tom Savini mentioned the possibility of including a shooting star over the horizon at the beginning of the film. It wouldn't be specified if it whether it was a satellite or a meteor, but would have been an homage to the Venus probe theory behind the original film, an idea that was completely dropped by uh, creator George A. Romero in favor of the ambiguity in the next film, Dawn of the Dead. The idea, however, never made it on the screen. I think that would have been cool to have like a, you know, like a comet like crashing or something. That'd be kind of like the end of the cause hmm. or, you know, like a meteor or something. Well, yeah, because we have no explanation in these films other than they just come to life. <clears throat> yeah. yeah but well, when, I mean, well, they, in the original, they give that, you know, that, a radiated probe from Venus yeah. idea, but then like after that, it, there is no excuse. Well, that's the thing is <clears throat> when you have a, 
a movie that's thrilling and engaging like that, you don't really need to explain where it came from. That's it's true. when the movie is shitty, then you got to start <laughs> kind of walking back a storyline to try to hook people in. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's funny too because I mean, I watched uh, Warm Bodies uh again for the upcoming uh discussion we're gonna have of it and at the beginning of it R is talking about like you know the he couldn't re- remember how the zombie apocalypse started but some of the things he lists off the beginning of it kind of tie back to some of these you know other zombie movies that you know in the past or whatever you know so they they at least threw threw back the concept a little bit to that yeah uh but it, but he makes the point he's like it doesn't matter we're zombies now so yeah it's like Noah was saying uh, <clears throat> this is Tom Savini's directorial debut. He went on to make some other movies after this. So Just a few. thankfully this wasn't his last last. Uh, the McGruder zombie was a man that uh, director Tom Savini saw in a diner and told him that he would make a great zombie. The man agreed. He showed up to all the premieres. That's the guy that uh, Judy sees in the porch. The guy that's got like the curly white hair. That's like oh, in yeah. just a blue shirt. And she's like, that's Mr. McGruder. You oh know? my God. No, thank you. Funny thing. Funny thing about him is that he his hair looked like one of my buddies in high school, and uh, every time that he popped up on screen, we had Megadeth Zombie, and then whenever that zombie popped up, we're like, "It's David." There's he's he's a zombie in this fucking movie, and it did look like him. So what the hell? <laughs> uh, as in tradition with most zombie films, uh, the word "zombie" is never once used in this movie to describe the Living Dead. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of a thing. It's, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's better or worse whenever they use the zombie word. I mean, it, it it's what it is. Yeah. Point. Uh, Tom Savini pushed hard with the producers to make Barbara the survivor and an action heroine. Yeah. And he got his way. Uh, Caroline Williams, who played Stretch, if you remember, in TCM2, you know, oh, yeah. she was the final girl she almost played barbara in this okay uh but she was uh had conflicting schedule issues with uh, days of thunder and so she wasn't able to film this well days of thunder <laughs> did a lot better so yeah, it did. <laughs> so can't complain about that uh director tom savini has n- known patricia tallman since they went to college together he chose to cast her because of her strong-willed demeanor and uh, she was also, uh, I think, his love interest in the movie Night Riders that George Romero did in 1981. Interesting. Uh, strange film. It's about uh, people in the 70s that are that go around and do like a Ren Faire type cosplay, but like they're knights and, you know, and all that in King Arthur's court, but then they go around on motorcycles dueling each other. It's, it's a strange concept, but it's actually not a bad movie. <clears throat> Uh, she was also much more of a stunt woman at the time than an actress at the time. I think she did a pretty good job acting in the movie. Oh, yeah. So, uh, at around 50 minutes, the scene where Barbara shoots a zombie in the chest and then finally in the head was not originally going to be in the film. Uh, we were supposed to see a hideous female zombie that Barbara saw as her mother. Uh, everyone was supposed to tell her to shoot it. The mother the mother would have looked at Barbara and asked, where's Johnny, Barbara? Then turned back into a hideous <laughs> female zombie, at which point Barbara would finally shoot it. Um I'm glad they cut that because, I mean, even if it had been in her head, it would have thrown the audience. It's like, why is this zombie talking? Yeah. Because the rest of them don't, you know? I don't like that, yeah. <laughs> At around 49 minutes, the man who comes through the window after they throw Magruder out uh, was a cab driver. That's the Megadeth zombie. Uh, who Tom Savini took a ride from and was hired to transport extras to and from the set during filming. Savini asked him if he wanted to play a zombie in the movie. According to Patricia Tallman, during the filming... He briefly stalked her and kept channeling Bill Mosley by repeatedly saying, I'm going to get you, Barbara, as a joke. 
would have kicked him. You know him. what? Every time, every time I saw that guy, all I all I could think of was like a Hindu snake charmer. Yeah, same. That's what that's what I think every time I see him too. Yeah, uh, racist. <laughs> I do <laughs> the what I can. Tom, <laughs> the character Tom, played by William Bar- Butler, wears a T-shirt with the Iron City beer logo on the front. This is the same drink consumed in the original Dawn of the Dead by the Redneck Militia, and it's also the same brand of beer that George Romero's production company, the late Nimage, had produced a commercial of during their early years. Really? So that's a nice throwback. Yeah. This was originally rated X by the MPAA. What? Uh, following se- uh, fo- the following scenes had to be cut or changed for the R rating. There was a close-up of the fire poker in the head of the first zombie that Barbara killed. Uh, there's a gory. There was a gory headshot of Magruder zombie when uh, Barbara shoots him. There's a bloodier version of the scene where Barbara shoots and kills the bald zombie who tries to enter through the window, making that zombie, and uh, then Barbara killing another zombie when she takes the gun from the dead cop zombie. Which I actually like that. That scene, that movie's pretty good because she has no weapons. Yeah. And then a cop comes in and she takes his gun and she's smart about it. She's like, we, you know, it's he's got guns on him. Obviously, we should, you know. Uh, at least, you know, get ourselves some yes. weapons. So that, that was a pretty good scene. Um, but it sucks, the MPAA. I mean, I don't, like, their criteria for the shit that they do is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it really is. It's weird. But at least it's not Europe, because, like, in Britain, there's still movies over there that they ban that, that like, we have seen, like, and don't think anything about that they won't allow their people to even watch. Oh, really? To this day, Yeah. Um, I don't, I think that Texas Chainsaw Massacre might still be banned over there. Like the original, I don't think, I don't know if they ever allowed them to, to play it anywhere. Like that there's people that if they want to see it, they can find it, but they have to import it from Germany because Germany's fine with it, but Britain's not. (laughs) It's, it's weird. That's all I can say. I don't, I don't understand it, honestly. Uh, at around six minutes, according to the director's commentary, someone sent a copy of the footage of the Mercedes rolling down the hill in the tree to the uh, to Dahmer's bins, showing the airbag not deploying. Uh, <laughs> they were, were apparently rewarded with a new car after they, they showed them that scene. Yeah, so okay. there you go. Can we please not talk about this? <laughs> if it was a Takata airbag, it would have just exploded and said shrapnel everywhere. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> Uh, at around five minutes, the autopsy zombie at the beginning of the film was not in the original script. That was something that was added by Tom Savini. That is yeah. a cool fucking zombie, no, though. Like it is. It. it is hella funny if it's clothes just fucking popping off and everything. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was too horrified. See, you guys like seeing naked bodies at a young age, but as a young child watching this film, seeing some, like, guy with his butt just, like, hanging on he's a zombie, that shit was horrifying. That wasn't like, oh, I would do that. I did not well, feel that way at all. The difference between your, boys and girls. To in your defense, I mean, we had Linnea Quigley alive, naked, dancing around in the cemetery. You had this naked, ugly ass man with like uh, uh, autopsy like scars, you know, like cuts on the front of his body. Yeah. Like that's not the same. Mm-mm. Yeah, but I think <laughs> even if you had Linnea Quigley, like with that same similar situation, you'd still be for that. Don't uh, well, lie. If they still if they had her tits in the screen. Yeah, the scene, exactly, yes. exactly. They could have showed that man's dick to me, and I would have been even more horrified. <laughs> yeah, young boys are like, uh, how do we get more of these movies? <laughs> uh, and then you realize that horror movies are the ones that primarily have those, and you're like, okay, that's why I like these. Yeah, these know? are the best movies. Mom, can we get another one of these ones? Yeah, just watching your room. Okay. 
without Romero on set, Savini uh, clashed with the uh, producers who did not allow him to explore his vision for the film. Uh, the production was not easy for the director, who described it as the worst nightmare of my life. Uh, Savini said that only 40% of his ideas actually made it into the final film. Damn. And, and despite the fact that filming was going smoothly and on time and on budget, uh, Golan, I guess, who was one of the producers and, and the rest of, and, and he rallied some of the other ones, insisted on cutting out other scenes and events to keep costs down. As a first-time director, Tom Savini could do little to stop them. That so sucks. he was he was on time and on budget with a small budget, and they're like, no. Nah, you cut some more shit out of this, you know? Damn. <laughs> Maybe that's why it didn't do so well. Um, well, Rob Zombie, I mean, had the same complaints about, uh, uh, you know, his Halloween two remake or whatever. Like, cause he said that they half the shit he had in his script. They had, they had him cut like literally the day before he was going to film it. They were like, uh, yeah, cut all this. And he said he was literally ripping like pages out of the script, you oh, know, the day fuck. before he was set to film them. Uh, the characters uh, take refuge in an isolated farmhouse early in the film. Next, one of the doors visible in the shots of the exterior of the house is the name of the owner, M. Celeste, in uh, nail-on letters and script font. Uh, this seems to be an homage to the sailing ship Mary Celeste, which was discovered in the Atlantic Ocean, unmanned and under sail, uh, heading towards the Strait of Gibraltar in 1872. Her crew was not on board and the only lifeboat gone, but the ship had no damage and was seaworthy. Like the ship, the house was relatively undamaged by its ordeal, uh, but none of the occupants survived. Um, uh, this is the deliberate reference, according to Savini. That's why he kind of tied the two together. Interesting. So, uh, it was poorly received when it was first released and didn't do too well at the box office. While opinions are still split, I'm, I, don't, I feel like more people are on the side of it now, but yeah. regardless. The film is largely regarded nowadays as a good film in its own right and one of the better horror remakes in general. So, oh, yeah. And it is. Uh, Bing Rames was actually considered for Ben in this. Uh, 14 years later, he would be uh, cast in a remake of another George Romero zombie movie, which was Dawn of the Dead. Yep. Uh, uh, other actors at the time were Lawrence Fishburne and Eric LaSalle. Uh, wow. As, uh, Lawrence Fishburne would have been a weird choice yeah. for Ben. I think he would have nailed it for some Because I've seen him in so many different roles, and he's always he always executes hella good. He does, but I'm trying to think. I like. I imagine him the way he was as Cowboy Curtis on the the <laughs> Herman. Herman show. Oh God, that's Cowboy the, Curtis! That's the time that this would have been on. Yeah, you know? that is true. You know what? I, I'm sorry, but nothing will ever top Tony Todd coming out of that fucking basement a zombie. Tony Todd was amazing the whole way through, but yes, yes, as a zombie, the way he looks and everything else is fucking. He they got the right person. They, they did. really did. Uh, speaking of, uh, at 11.35, Tony Todd's character walks out of his truck with a hook in his hand. Oh! <laughs> uh, and this was before Candyman, yes. so it's kind, of a, it's kind of an odd twist of fate. Um, this was his first horror film. <laughs> um, the zombie extras were recruited easily as the film's reputation drew them from far away as Kentucky to go to be zombies in that movie. And this one was in Pennsylvania, huh? Yes. Wow, yeah. that's pretty far. Yeah, it's, it's a few hours. Because <laughs> I always joke about how you and Donnie G are touching tips, you know, with your fucking states. But our girl Daphne, she's she's pretty far from you guys. She couldn't just make a little quick, you know, drive to to meet you guys. Yeah, I want, it's I don't know how many hours it is, but it's it's quite a few to get up there. God from here. damn. 
uh, at like an hour 10 uh, into the film, uh, Cooper is standing in front of a picture of a U.S. Navy ship. This is a picture of the infamous USS Eldridge, which was reported to have been part of the 1943 Philadelphia experiment involving cloaking the ship to make it invisible. Uh, this is largely considered a hoax, but the legend of the Eldridge has lived on and its place in the film hints at paranormal developments. Okay. So another ship reference to yeah. kind of hint at the spookiness of things. Uh, the special effects team intentionally kept the effects restrained as they felt the excessive gore would be disrespectful to the original film. Uh, I feel like it's enough to make yeah. the movie stand out. So, I mean, Easy. I don't know what they, it, yeah. it'd been goofy if they went higher than what they did. Um, to keep the effects realistic, they uh, used as inspiration real autopsies, forensic pathology textbooks, and even Nazi death camp footage. Jesus. <laughs> I like it. Throwbacks. <laughs> uh, this version was made mainly to address an issue of the open copyright on the original Night of the Living Dead with a remake script drafted solely by George A. Romero. This version allowed the rights to finally be nailed down to Romero and the others who lost out in the 1968 error. Also, by allowing Tom Savini to direct, George was able to keep the film in the dead family. Okay. So this kind of sealed it back into his possession? It this version, they'll the, okay. the original will never be. It's, yeah, well, the original obviously, but yeah, yeah, this one is was fully Romero and Russo's, so they got they got the rights back on this one. Uh, at around an hour and seventeen minutes, the uh, scene at the end of the film where several zombies are lynched from a tree and shot at was in fact scripted for the original film, but was cut because of the racial tensions yes. uh, happening at the time. Uh, this scene pays <clears throat> homage to that cut. Um, Interesting. Okay. Um, at around an hour, three minutes, when Sarah bites her mother, Helen, on the neck, blood splatters on a garden trail hanging from on the wall. This is obviously a reference to the original movie where she actually kills her mother with yes. a garden trail. Uh, ben spends the film arguing why it's better to stay upstairs, like I said, yeah. with Cooper, and they end up dying or going to the opposite places. So, I mean, it's kind of ironic, yeah. don't you think? <laughs> don't you think? Uh, Shut up. <laughs> uh despite the obvious danger in the story big zombies outside the house not a single main character is killed by them two are shot two are blown up one survives and one is killed by the zombie daughter who's already inside the house so that's something to think about of all the zombies outside none of them actually kill the I main character never even thought about that <laughs> oh my god um <clears throat> That's a lot. That says a lot about society and just one little, one little yeah, thing. Yeah, they just, they were so fucked up in not working together. Oh my God. My mind is blown. <laughs> um, what closing thoughts on this movie? What do y'all think about it? I mean, it's, it's a classic. Yeah, there's nothing much to say. I mean, I, clearly, I love this film. I love it, but I also love it and hate it simultaneously. It's just what do you hate about it? Uh, it? It's it's one of those. It just gets to me. The movie gets to me. That means it's a good movie. It's a good no. I know, but that that doesn't mean like me saying I hate it doesn't mean it's a bad film. It just means that it's one of those things. that's hard for me to watch. That's um, a good way to judge a movie. Yeah. The the tension of it still gets to me. Yes. Like even I mean when I was rewatching it, I mean like I, I I'm more immune to it, so I don't automatically turn it off. But like there's scenes where I can just feel like the tension building up still, yeah. and it's like I'm getting anxious for the character. Exactly. Sign of a good movie. Sign of a good movie. It is. It it is a really good movie. <clears throat> Babe. Mine goes without saying. I. Uh... 
You're on a podcast. You can't just be. You can't just sit here. It's fucking epic. You should watch it. You, you want to hear something hilarious? I was talking to this dude at work. This is totally off topic, and he's probably later thirties. He has never seen the movie Predator. Because <laughs> there was a mean a guy. I got me and a guy at work. We're joking around, saying a bunch of phrases from the movie Predator, and he was like chiming in and and like. You know when someone doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about and they chime in, everybody kind of stops and looks at them? That was basically what? this dude. And we're like, what how the did, f- What? How did he react whenever you said the line about the uh, sexual Tyrannosaurus or That's whatever? That's the one we're did. talking about. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bunch of slack-jawed faggots around here. This shit make you a sexual Tyrannosaurus Rex, just like me. And he was laughing. He's like, I know. Or like, what are you talking about, dude? It's, just, it's Jesse Ventura from The Predator. He's like, I know. I was like, no, you don't. And he's like, okay, I've never seen the movie. I was like, when they were like, what? And the guy next to me is on. He's like later twenties. He's like, how in the fuck have you not seen that movie? He's yeah, all, that's that's he's, hilarious that the younger guy had actually seen it. Yeah, and, he's he's and, like, and he's all, well, I don't like scary movies. He's like, well, first off, it's on a Schwarzenegger at his peak badass time, and it's not a scary movie. It's a badass it's, action movie. It's an it's an action movie. Yeah. So and he thinks Predator is a scary movie. He thought it was. Oh my god. So, Wait, so he doesn't watch any scary movies then. I don't know, I, but we were more infatuated for the for the reason he hadn't seen the movies. So then we were playing clips. He's like, "It looks pretty good." It's like, "Cause it is hella good, dude." <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just don't watch some of the later ones. They kind of uh, they're, they they yeah. lose the shine. <laughs> or the new one. Yeah, the movies. It's it's awesome. It's one of my favorite fucking movies. It's like there's 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 like a good handful of movies I love that are consistently movies I can watch over and over and over, and. Almost all the evil, almost all the Evil Dead uh, zombie movies, stuff like that, they're legit good ones. Especially when some Tom Savini's on the back end making things turn into magic. Y'all watch them over and over and over, and it, it doesn't. It's like eating pizza; it never gets old. Yeah, even if you're getting it from a gas station, it's still good. Oh it's still God. pizza, hundred percent. It's still um, good. So from okay, aside from. These two, Night of the Living Dead, the original, and then, of course, this is the remake. The only other ones aside from this have been the animated ones, yeah? For what? Not For Night or, of the Living Dead. Uh, well, no, there's, well, there's, there's the Russo Night movies. In 3D, there's uh, somebody made a shitty movie called Flesh Eaters, oh. which is what the oh. original name of this was supposed to be. Yeah. And they got Bill Heinzman, who played the original cemetery zombie to come back and it's like a prequel to the original movie okay. it gives you this big long story about how you became the the cemetery zombie like you really give a shit okay like yeah it's not anything good. about that yeah <laughs> huh. so yeah there's other movies out there unfortunately because of that copyright going off of it they they made a ton yeah and the reason there's so many bad day of the dead movies is somehow uh, Romero, he didn't lose the copyright on it. He lost the distribution rights, and some other people got it, and they started making these horrible, like, lop-on movies to it or whatever. Jesus. Dude, like, that Nick Cannon one is a fucking joke, dude. You ever seen that one? No, I, I refuse to watch any of them, because when I saw what they were like, I'm like, fuck this. I'm not I'm not besmirching the, the original movie by watching any of this shit, you know? We keeps it classy here at Death Holler. Dude, the Nick Cannon one's a fucking travesty. You're trying to watch that thing and choke it down. You're like, holy shit. Who who, who did this in post-production and thought we made an amazing product? 
I want to say that somebody got Ving Rhames to come back and do a Day of the Dead, and it was almost that's like they the were one, trying to do a no. That's okay, the it was one. Supposed to be like a sequel to the the Day of the Dead in a, in a roundabout. And way that's that, the one with Nick yeah. Cannon in it, and oh it my is God. Okay. bad, so bad. <laughs> uh, as far as Romero's movies go, uh, it's this is. I mean, honestly, this uh, the remake. I mean, I love the the original, but the remake is is probably right up there with Day as far as one of my favorites. Uh, I don't. I like Land. A lot of people don't. And then whenever oh, I did survive, like Land of the Dead. I like Land of the Dead. And there's a remake, isn't there? I, I like the remake. I'm not gonna lie. There, there is well. To get back to what you said earlier, I forgot about this. There is a movie that Romero made that's like a shot on film, like a uh, Blair Witch Project style movie, called, kinda, called Diary of the Dead. And it takes place on the yes. same day that Night, the original Night, is supposed to take place if you put it toward the future when people have cell phones. Yeah. But, you know, it's okay, okay. at best. It, and it's Did a he, low budget. It's not low budget, but you can tell they didn't have a giant budget that did yeah. the movie. The the worst part about it is the blood CGI and you can yeah. tell like uh, it looks bad. Uh, then he made Survival and it was the last film he made and it was so bad. What's it's, it called? It's survival, survival of the Dead. Of the oh. dead. And what what's the? I, I don't know if I've seen that. What's the the framing of the movie? So it takes place immediately or right after Diary of the Dead, and the only claim to fame of it is, or the only thing that stands out about it is it takes place on an island, like some of the characters from the first movie make their way to an island, and there is an undead zombie woman riding around on a dead horse or something through most of the movie. What the fuck? And and it's like, and, and it's, and, and remember now, it's like a, it's, a, it's like two families feuding is what the whole movie's about. Like, they're on this island with a zombie apocalypse going on, and they're still like the Hatfields and McCoys, basically. It's like, Fuck you! I hate everybody in that fucking family. I'm gonna kill all you, mother. You know, it's like that's what the movie is, and it really is so bad. Like it really is. Like Ooh, the, I, when I watched it, I'm like, oh god. The makeup why? effects are pretty terrible. Like you know they, that, they don't even look like zombies. You know what that movie sounds? You ever seen um, the Cognies versus Zombies? Uh, no, but I've heard that one's actually pretty good. It's it's kind of like that, but it's set in the city, and that one's really fucking cheesy. Also, though, that's. <laughs> It's a, I, that I, one's gonna I, I think I've edge. seen like parts of it, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. If, if we cover any of the later ones, like I mean, Land is pretty is pretty good. We might get to Diary at some point, but I we do not need to watch Survival. I, it I, it it hurt my heart to watch that. I'm like I it I know Romero was kind of sick. Awful. And, I'm kind of curious. Yeah, I, I kind of want to check it out just to see what it's like. Just just be aware it's not good at all. Yeah, the zombies don't <laughs> even look like zombies. Um but I mean you, you can't you can't beat the original, I mean, for what it is and for the cultural significance of it. I mean, we have a whole new monster genre, movie genre, that is just because of of Night of the Living Dead. I mean um I mean did what did you think, Noah, because you wasn't on here? What did you think about the original uh, Last Man on Earth movie or whatever with Vincent Price in it? Um, I I didn't watch all of it. I'd never, I never. I didn't even know about that movie until I saw Raina watching. I was like, oh shit! I didn't realize it was um, it went that far back. I I kind of liked it the little bit I saw. It was a little cheesy but, with him having his own DNA sequencing lab 
inside well, his house. Yeah. Because if you think about uh, how that how big the technology and how expensive it was back then, it's a little unrealistic. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he's the last man alive, though, he might have been able to just go to the lab that he worked at and, like, you know, pull the shit there. But, yeah, it would have probably been, like, a lot you, bigger machines. You're going to tell so. me this old motherfucker was able to drag that equipment to his house and get it hooked up? No, I, I, I'm just saying maybe. <laughs> I, I don't believe it, no. Because uh, there's, we talked about there's a scene where he's loading the dead bodies in the back, and you can tell he's struggling with that. So it's not even that, uh, but if you get it to your house, that means you're gonna install electricity to run the equipment. That means you're gonna run a 220. All of a sudden, my brain starts saying like, "This is unattainable. This guy doesn't know shit about any of that." <laughs> um, That's how my brain works. The reason I bring it up though is that the the vampires in that movie are very similar to the zombies in the original Night of the Living Dead. Yes, like a lot. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, 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 other than that, I'd like it. I like Vincent Price a lot. I think he was one of the guys that really pushed or made a lot happen for horror. Horror. Yeah. He was horror. He uh, he kept it alive during a time whenever it like whenever it was just the. Uh, well, after they got through the the radioactive like atomic age of like horror movies where it was all big like ants and tarantulas crawling through the desert destroying towns or whatever, like it 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 basically died as a, as a genre until he came in and started doing the movies he did. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where it would have been at if he hadn't been there to kind of keep it alive for whenever he did. Yeah, I, I, I want to sit down and actually rewatch it. I only, I only saw a little bit when Rain was watching it, but it looked it looked like a good movie. I like old school movies that are done good. Well, the thing was too the shocker of that was I liked that film, and you know I don't like black and white films. <laughs> oh, dude! Unless everything's blowing up twenty four seven in the movie, Rain was like, "This movie's fucking retarded." <laughs> it's like really because there's a story. My bad. <laughs> How dare we build an attachment? So you know what the funny thing about my old lady is? If there's anything that gets remotely kind of lame, she's, I hate this movie, but I swear to God, you put on the fucking notebook, and it's like, oh, my God. It's like, this First is off, one of the when worst. When have you ever seen me watch I the know. notebook? Okay, okay, fools <laughs> rush in. How about that one? But that's the thing is, so the, it's it, her view on it is subjective as fuck. It's like. I can only watch movies that are like super action, and then then you watch shit like that. You're like, no, you got the capacity to watch. Fools that. Rush In is a story about a Mexican girl and a oh white man. God, every other story I've watched similar to that has always been about like Mexicans and white people. Swear it's to God. relatable. I'm jump out the fucking window. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is that that puts me one step away from my life changing drastically. Financially, what? forever. You're gonna meet a white guy with money? <laughs> no, you have your 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 death comes with a lot of money. Oh wow! Thanks. Appreciate <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. See, um, it is a horror movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, I honestly, I mean, it it's one of my favorite horror genres. Even if it has been done to death in the last decade, I I don't know what. Would I you would... say it keeps coming back to life? It, it does, but they, they find good like avenues to take it in some of the better movies. Like they, they focus on the human element, like Anna and the apocalypse, like when we covered it, yeah. I mean, it, they, they figure out the right ways to use it. Cause it's a good, like uh, kind of Cody, you kind of mentioned it. it's like a good generic monster that you can kind of like put human, like, you know, stuff into yeah. to kind of, you know, like play that stuff out you know see and end of the apocalypse is like a sleeper movie like you people are like ah, i don't know about that movie and it's like no that's a look i like that movie like i thought it would be a little too much with the woke shit and it wasn't 
It, it was like the balance you're looking for when you make a movie. You're not beating yeah, someone I, over the head with the message. Unlike uh, the uh, Black Christmas 2019 uh, movie that came out, that was, oh, my God. Or, or It's a Wonderful Knife. <laughs> That's uh, fucking, that movie sucks uh, my dick. That is a yeah, fucking Yeah, if, if you look movie. at that movie and it's like, if you look at a character, if you guess that they're gay, you're you're 90% right every time. I mean, because you know I got to the end of it, I was just like, so everybody's gay in this movie, like everybody. But that's everybody. But that's the funny. Like I was telling Ray that when we were down at Universal, we were walking around. I was like, I was like, do you understand how out of touch Hollywood is? Because if you walk around any amusement park, it's nothing but families and kids. And like it, it, like. But if you watch a movie, like ninety percent of the cast is all gay. But in reality, it's like no, you're fucking like maybe in the marginal five percent range. What's, I did. I, mean, I did there's... mention though, Disneyland does have a lot more, but even non-conventional then, I, I understand couples. That, but and... even ratio-wise, I guarantee the like. Oh, it's still nowhere near. Yeah, yeah. They, they promote. Yeah, not even. Yeah, you might get lucky it, it, if it's like fifteen percent of the people were like. Oh God, not even that much. Well, I'm just saying yeah. though, the, the representation's fucking all over the goddamn. And it's place. usually the same people you see around the park because they're pretty easy to point out. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> It's it's like I was telling her about It's Wonderful Knife though. If they would have had the brother in that movie be you know a straight guy with a you know a girlfriend, 100%. that would at least mixed it up slightly. Yeah. You know, because if if they're going to make the reveal that she was bi or you know like you know lesbian, just hadn't realized it, and she already had the aunt that was too. I mean, you're already skewing heavily into that region. Yes. You don't. You and don't I, need that, the brother to be. And but you know, if you think about it too, it would have made more sense the fact that her and her boyfriend weren't having a good relationship and you could spin it as though, yeah, she's gay. She didn't want to hook up with him or fuck him or do anything. Then you give plausible deniability. That's why the relationship wasn't working. And that's why he was fucking her friend. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, what's funny is I even have one of my gay friends was, she watched the movie. I had convinced her to watch it and I was like, it's not good, but you know, this is, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, here's the thing I didn't like. And I told her, she goes, you're so right. She goes, even a gay person was like, everybody was gay. She's like, it's not like that. She goes, she goes, the girl, like she was with me with the girl. I was like, I understand the girl coming out as gay by whatever she was at the end of the movie. She goes, that made sense. She goes, everything else, none of it made sense. They were just gay because they made them gay. They weren't even like convincingly gay. No, and and the other side of it too. I mean, I know this is way off topic for this, but you know, people <laughs> can you know leave at this point if they need to, whatever. But uh, it's uh, the every heterosexual couple in the movie was evil. Oh yeah! Like, did you notice that? It's her like, dad, her mom, <laughs> uh, the the mayor of the town who seemed gay the way he was portrayed by Justin Long, but he was actually heterosexual, but he was evil. You know. Yeah. That's how it is. That's how you um, write a movie. You can drink your water. <laughs> don't give me cooties. But uh, I don't know. It's going back to the, the zombie movies. I mean, it's this is the start. It, you know, they, they all came from this original point. Uh, and I'm, I'm so happy that, you know, George Romero, even if he... Even if he couldn't get away from this genre, and he couldn't, he tried. He tried very hard to get away from this and had to come back to it. And I, I don't know if he, if that bothered him. I mean, he seemed fine with the movies because he could do stuff within the, the movies that he wanted to say. But I feel like there was part of him that was like, you know, 
there was there was a split second there where he could have done anything else, and it just didn't work out for him. But think, I don't know. think about if he never came back to it, you wouldn't have the remake of Dawn of the Dead, which is fucking an amazing movie. There's so many movies that got redone for a modern era that were amazing. Because well, I'm not even back- t- I'm not even talking about this remake. I'm talking about the original movie. Once he got past it, and he made there was a split. He made like several different movies and several different genres, like in between, trying to not be that zombie guy, and none of them worked out for him. They were all duds, and then he had to come back and he did Dawn, and then then everybody was like, "Yeah, you're the zombie guy. Do those for the rest of eternity." And I don't know if that bothered him or not. I mean, he, you know, which is he weird did great with them because you can do so much with it. And and he and he was happy to do that. He, I mean, I've seen, I watched an old interview with him, and it's funny watching these old interviews from back in the seventies because it was like Tom something rather show. I don't even know what the guy's name was, but Romero and and that Tom guy who was the 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 talk show host were like smoking, like chain smoking the entire time. <laughs> like, they, when back they got, when you could do I that. mean, Romero was was literally like lighting one cigarette with the other. That's how much <laughs> chain smoking was going on. Jesus. And uh, but they they were but they had um. They had Don Coscarelli on there too, a very young Don Coscarelli. He had just done uh, Phantasm, and they and and the guy was interviewing him, talking about like you know uh, horror movies because this was around the time that Romero had done like Don, and he was asking him, he's like you know uh, what what do you say to people who thinks these movies are too gory and all that, and Romero was just having a blast with it. He's like, I can tell the stories I want, you know, this particular movie about you know Don. He was talking about consumerism. And he said, just dress it up with all this stuff. And he said, it's a big comic book. He's like, it's just all, you know, like just out there and fun. And he's like, you know, we just had a blast making it. So he didn't hate it. But like at the same time, I think there was part of him that wanted to do other things, you know. Yeah, but the best thing uh, about zombie movies, it gives you a giant slate to, to delve into human interactions and how fucked up people can be. Like you, you have so much room to, to, to make a story around stuff like that. And and the best movies do that, like yes, 100%. Big time. I'm glad that we are one month into this, and we only have 11 more months to go. <laughs> and she gets do the, you understand, she, like, the scope of zombie movies that are out there? Are so, oh, yeah, we're going to be reviewing them. We got so fucking many, you don't even watch a fraction of the ones we have. I don't want to watch them. They don't like them. They scare me. <laughs> That's why you watch them. <laughs> But See, she's she's gonna get a break in February because they're all like romantic comedy zombie movies, which is yeah. an, like you can. Are you watching? Well, again, are you guys doing uh, Fido? Uh, we are so. doing Fido. I'm I'm going to cover it, but I, I can't. I feel like I don't feel like Fido is like necessarily romantic. It's yeah, it is. It is. Kind the old of. lady wants to hook up with the zombie at the end. She yeah, does hook the up end, with the end, but I know. But the whole story is Fido pursuing her because he fucking is attracted to her. Oh my god. Uh, there's there's other movie I, I I mean I might throw it in there for a tag of the bees because that I guess that would fit uh, the other one the other ones that we are doing though is uh, Warm Bodies and Death Becomes Her those are the first two uh, and then at the end of the month we're doing uh, My Boyfriend's Back and oh um, dude that's such a good uh, like teen plot movie it is and then Life After Beth have you seen that one yeah Noah? that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen Life After Beth yet. So, yeah. yes, I, I do get a refresher for February, and then it's back in the saddle of <laughs> Dawn of the Dead. Ugh. You get to see, see that. Rewatch Fido, because I think you might have a different opinion now. Watch it with, uh, like, a clean set of eyes, and you'll understand what I'm saying. 
Okay, it's been a while since I watched it, so I, yeah. I just remember him, you know, like him being like the servant, you know, the dog, as it were. He was. The, it, the that's family. the whole idea. But then he starts kind of like, you know, the old lady's kind of hot. And <laughs> everything starts changing. And then, are, have you seen Maggie, uh, Urena? Have you seen that movie no. with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? It's it's a tough one. I, we, I, you know, it's more about like if your kid started to get the zombie virus, what would you do to save her? You know, that sort of thing. Oh, so, fuck. You, yeah. You would not like that movie. You because you'd be like, this is boring. What? I- <laughs> yes. Oh, there's a storyline. It, it is more of like a smaller story. I mean, setting like the zombie apocalypse or something, but it's, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a it's, good movie. I thought it was pretty good. It yeah. looks pretty good. I might like it. I know you. You're going to be like, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. I've watched enough of the movie. That's what a lot of it ends up being. Like, she watches a little bit, and she realizes how much she doesn't, how boring it is. She's like, I'm going to bed. I got no, enough. No, I, I, won't, I won't be. Something like that I probably won't be watching while laying down, so. Yeah, she'll right, go to anything bed. Else we, anything else we'll say for the podcast before we shut it off? Uh, No, that's, uh, that, that's pretty much it for me. I mean, I'm glad we're getting a refresher after this, so. <laughs> All right, folks, with that, peace be with you. And with your spirit.